Paz de Cristo, praise the Lord, body of Christ. It is Wednesday morning, 5.45 in the morning. And yesterday, our Facebook Live service was entitled, and I want to give you a little excerpt of that. And we're going to open up our Bibles to the book of Psalms, chapter 121. And we're going to be reading verse 1. And verse 2, a song of a sense is entitled. And David writes in this manner, and we read the word of God in the name of Jesus Christ. I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth he will not allow your foot to be moved verse 3 he who keeps you will not slumber let's pray father in the name of Jesus we come before your presence Lord this morning the word of God says if you search for me early you'll find me early and the Bible says seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all its righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. Lord, I thank you that you allowed the doorway to heaven, which was our first name of our podcast, to continue in this new podcast. Even though the enemy tried to hack and to take away the voice, Lord, you make a way where there is no way. And I thank you. For the listeners that are going to be able to find this new podcast. And I bless it in the name of Jesus Christ. Name above all names, Lord. And I bless every listener listening this morning or this afternoon or this evening. Whenever they find themselves listening to this podcast. That your word, God. Your word, Jesus. Would minister to their hearts. Would minister to their minds. And it would minister, Lord, unto their spirits. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yesterday, we were getting into the Word of God, and the Word of God, I had, I had, the Lord had set in my heart to entitle it very simply, Lift Up Your Eyes. And David writes, not as David, but he writes this, this chapter of Psalms more as a reflection of when he's already been king, he's already king now, Years have passed from whence he's remembering what he is recalling at this time. And he writes, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Now, if we study this chapter of the Bible and these scriptures, like I said, David is not writing immediately after something happened in his life, this chapter. If we analyze it, he is reflecting, he is recalling what God had done for him when he was David the man. Now he sits on the throne of Israel. Now he sits on the throne of Jerusalem. And he is David the king, the anointed one. The one that he sent his prophet 
to go and anoint in the house of his father. So David is recalling to me, he says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where comes my help? Now, when you and I, and I said this yesterday in Facebook Live preaching, when we see hills, we see beauty. I remember one time driving through the Colorado Rockies with my parents. I had never seen it. I've never seen the mountains before. I'm, I'm, from, a, I'm from a central state here in the United States, Minnesota. And there's not much of mountains in the way of hills. I mean, very, very small. So when my father takes myself and my mother to visit family members in Denver, near Denver, excuse me, I get to see the Colorado Rockies for the first time. And at that moment, I am in awe of what I'm seeing. I've never seen snow-capped mountains like that. I've never seen such magnificent structures that just tower in the sky. And I remember one time my father said, you see the top of that mountain? I said, yeah, it looks really close. He says, how close do you think it is? I said, it looks to be just a couple miles down the road. And he laughed. He looked at my mother and smiles and says to me, okay, you tell me how long it takes till we get parallel with that cap of the mountain. Well, I thought it would have been 20, 30 minutes minutes away 20 30 miles away ended up being six hours later that we're able to parallel that mountain that's how big that mountain was so when david is writing this he says i will lift up my eyes for the hills where comes my help now naturally we think david's talking about how those hills protected him how those hills guided him how those hills sheltered him but he's not referring to the hills. He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven, who made the earth. See, a lot of times we misplace our gratitude. You know, somebody, you're asking the Lord, Lord, I need a working vehicle, Lord. I need a car that, that works. My car just broke down. And you're praying to the Lord. You're saying, Lord, please help me. Please send somebody to help me. And then your neighbor out of the blue just says, hey, you know, I saw your car hood up. And, and I know you got to be to work in about 20 minutes. You know, would you like to borrow my car? And a lot of us would just be, thank you, thank you, thank you. appreciate you so much and be gone. But the thing is, you weren't praying to your neighbor. You were praying to your neighbor to hear your prayer. You were praying to the Almighty Father, Jesus Christ. And he heard your prayer. And he put it in your neighbor's heart to borrow the car. And we, we misplace our gratitude. See, a lot of us would see this and read, David, his, his gratitude towards these hills is immense. But no, he tells us in verse 2 where exactly his gratitude is. He says, my help comes from the Lord. My help didn't come from the mountains. So again, David is referencing these mountains as a, as a moment in time that he is recalling. Now, what is he recalling? He is recalling the time 
that King Saul wanted him dead. He is recalling the times that he had to flee from mountaintop to mountaintop because King Saul's soldiers were after him and they were after him not to question him, not to bring him alive. They were after him because if you read the scriptures, King Saul wanted him dead and he wanted him dead now because the women were singing, Saul killed his thousands and David killed his tens thousands. King Saul was for lack of a better word jealous. He was threatened by David's accolades as they were being sung among the women of Israel. He was threatened by this young man who in actuality, if we read the word of God, posed no threat to Saul. He loved Saul. He loved his family. He loved Jonathan. The Bible says that their souls were interlinked the moment that they met. The moment that he killed Goliath and Jonathan comes out to meet him, the souls were interlinked. There was a brotherly bond in that instant. That's how much David loved Saul. And Saul couldn't see past his own jealousy, his own rage. So Saul tries to, on many occasions, end David life, David's life, excuse me. There's moments in, in when they're talking in a shelter and he throws a spear at him and he gets stuck in the wall and David has to flee. There's moments where Jonathan tells him, don't come into the camp and he throws an arrow over his head. He said, don't come into camp. He's trying to kill you. He wants you dead. And there was a moment when David had to flee from cave to cave, from mountaintop to mountaintop. And there's actually a moment when David recalls when he had to sleep at the back of the cave while Saul slept in the front of the cave. And Saul is still trying to take his life. Now David recalls this and he says, I will lift up my eyes into the mountains or into the hilltops for whence comes my help. He's recalling that those mountains brought him help. But then he recalls at the same time that it wasn't the mountains that brought him the help. It was the Lord. See, it was, see, David is recalling those mountains not for what we think, that those mountains sheltered him, that those mountains comfort him, that those mountains protected him. No, he's not recalling the mountains for that. He's recalling the mountains because it was in those mountains that his faith in God was put to the test. He's recalling those mountains because that's where he learned to completely and utterly have complete faith in Jesus Christ. He was He's recalling those mountains because in those mountains he had to learn to confide 100% in God. He got shelter from his enemies right then and there. He received protection from his enemies because of the Lord through those mountains. Now, many of us, God has tried to shelter us from certain things in our life. It could be a relationship. It could be a job career. It could be a path. 
It could be a friendship. And God has used things in your life to shelter you from them. And at the moment, we couldn't understand it. Lord, why did that relationship end? Lord, why did I have to lose that job? I liked it so much. Why did I have to lose that friendship, Lord? I've had that friendship for years since I was a young man, a young woman. But Lord, the Lord was sheltering you from something, through something. Can you understand that? He was sheltering us through something for something. And the Lord uses these mountains to shelter David. And David doesn't give the mountains the praise. He says, my help came from the Lord. He doesn't misplace his gratitude. He knows exactly where to be grateful. And Lord, I thank you for sheltering us. Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, you continue to do so. The word of God declares that your name is a strong tower and the just run into it and are sheltered. Now, David has to lift up his eyes. He's telling the body of Christ as we read this, don't cast your eyes to the ground. When you're going through a situation where you're confronting an obstacle, when you've encountered an enemy, don't cast your eyes to the ground. You be confident. And you pick up that face and you look up to the hills where comes your help. Not to the hills. See, you got to look past the hills. Because my God, my Christ, the Bible says that he sits on the throne he is not dethroned. He is not under your feet. No, my God sits upon the throne. And when you look at a king, you raise your eyes towards his grace, towards his glory, towards his magnificence. My God, your God, Jesus Christ, he sits on the throne. You raise your eyes when you cast your eyes upon the master. And there's benefits to raising your eyes. Number one, if your eyes are always on the ground, you'll never see where you're going. You will constantly be butting into things, bumping into things. You will be losing your footing. Either you won't walk a straight line, you'll walk, start going to the left, start going to the right. Keeping your eyes focused on Christ is important to the believer of Jesus Christ. You cannot walk through this life without casting your eyes upon the Lord. We need to be focused on Him. He needs to be the point of destination and nothing else matters. If we just get to Him, everything else will fall into place. My life will fall into place. My marriage, my ministry, my children's life, my work life, my personal life. Everything will fall into place if we cast our eyes upon the Lord. But the moment that we take our eyes off of the Lord, that's when all chaos breaks loose. I'll remind you about the time when the disciples were in the boat and the Lord told them to go deeper into the sea, that he would meet them on the other side. Jesus then begins, the Bible says that famous scripture, he starts to walk on the water to meet him. Now the disciples were in the boat and they had just left Jesus and they said they thought he was a 
a ghost. And he says, it is I, I am. Jesus refers to them. He says, I am. It is me. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, will it that I go unto you? And the Lord says, come. So Peter steps out of the boat into water, folks. Peter steps out of the boat into water. We don't know how deep it is. It could be as deep as five feet. It could be six feet. It could be 50 feet, 60 feet. We don't know. We just know that Peter is standing on the water, keeping his eyes on Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is on the water. Here we have, at that moment, Jesus who had not ascended, Peter who had not become an apostle, both standing, looking, locking eye to eye, and they're both on the water. Now over to the left or over to the right, if you keep reading, the Bible says that a wind or a little storm started to stir up, and Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus Christ. Remember I just told you how important it is for the believer to keep their eyes on Christ? Everything will fall into place. But the moment that we take our eyes off of Christ, everything will be chaos. Peter looks to his left, looks to his right, wherever the storm started. He takes his focus off Jesus, puts his focus on something else. And what does the Bible say? He begins to sink. Now, if this was shallow water, two feet, three feet, four feet deep, I don't think that he would call out for the Lord for help. But the Bible says he called out for help. Now remember, remember what Peter's position was before he met Christ. He was a fisherman. He knew the perils of the water. He knew how to swim. Any fisherman knows how to swim because they've been doing it so long. They, it's, You're bound to fall out of the water. You're bound to capsize. You're bound to tip over. You got to learn how to swim. So it suffice it to say, Peter knew how to swim. So he must have been in pretty deep water for him to call out upon the Lord. And that storm had to be brewing up pretty good or that wind had to be brewing up pretty good for him to call. He said, Lord, help me. And the Lord picks him up and saves when he says, Oh, ye man of little faith. Why did you doubt? Putting your eyes on Jesus is an exercise of our faith. Taking our eyes off of Jesus is an exercise of our doubt. Oh, praise Jesus. Did you get that? Did you just get that? David writes, I will lift up to the, my eyes into the hills where, where hence come my help. And my help comes from the Lord. David is completely and utterly in faith with God. He is, his faith is there because he has seen God do some great miraculous things in his life. His faith is unmovable. It is strong. Casting your eyes on Jesus when you're confronted by the adversary, by an obstacle, a situation, by a trial, by problems. Casting your eyes upon the Lord is pivotal for the believer. Because it's an exercise of your faith 
in Jesus Christ. But the moment that that same believer begins to waver in his focus on Christ and starts to focus on the issue because we are human and we will focus on the things that is presently in front of us. Usually the things we can see with our natural eyes is what we're going to focus on. And we're not going to focus so much on the spiritual because we are human. But in doing so, it is a detriment to our spiritual life because when we take our focus off of Jesus in the midst of our trial and tribulation, then it is an exercise of our doubt. I want to encourage you this morning, whatever you're facing, a single mother with kids, a single father with kids, maybe you're the pandemic has you you're with your back up against the wall. Maybe a loved one is in the hospital. Maybe you had pre-existing issues before this pandemic and you're still going through those issues. I don't know what it is, but God knows what it is. I want to pray with you this morning and I want to encourage you this morning. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we know that there is hunger, spiritual hunger. We know that there's spiritual thirst for you tonight, Lord. This morning, excuse me. Lord, we know this, Lord. We know that there's people going through situations as we preached yesterday. We're constantly be going through situations. Life is a fluid thing. It's a fluid dynamic. It's always changing. It's always moving. It's always evolving. And with every change, with every movement, with every evolution, change brings about uh, growth, but it also brings about stress and problems as well. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, Lord, in these difficult times, Lord, that the body of Christ would learn to focus more on you. That we would learn, Lord, to be Peter before the storm stood up. That we would be like Peter and just focus on you and be able to faithfully step out in the water and be concrete, stable for us, for our feet. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, Lord, no matter the size of the situation, the obstacle, the problem, the trial, that we would exercise our faith by focusing on you. And that we would never exercise our doubt by taking our focus and our eyes off of you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you bless every man, woman, and child, no matter what country that they're going to be listening to this podcast. Lord, I pray that your name would be lifted up, not my name. This podcast might have my name, but Lord, it's your word, Jesus Christ, that we're going to read and that we're going to preach and they're going to receive. In Jesus' name I pray, say it with me. One, two, three. Amen. Paz de Cristo, praise the Lord, body of Christ in Ireland, in Africa, in Dominican Republic, United States, in Germany in the Arab Emirates, wherever this podcast is reaching and has already reached, we give Jesus Christ the glory and the honor. Today
today I bring you a simple word this morning I'm actually driving to work it is Thursday morning nine o'clock in the morning and as I'm reading some of these uh, messengers that I'm getting this morning uh, I'm reading a few emails I'm reading a few text messages some from my family some from our church members and uh, the consensus of it is that people are just grateful to God. No matter what we're facing right now, we are just grateful to God. And I want to bring you this scripture. It's a simple scripture. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20 says, Give thanks to God for all. For unto God is all. So we are to give thanks to God for everything, no matter what it is. It could be something bad. You give God thanks. Why, Pastor? Why would I give God thanks for that? I remember one time we were fishing, me, my sister, my brother-in-law. And I think I've stated this on another podcast, but it, it, it comes to bear. And we were fishing, we were going from fishing spot to fishing spot trying to find the right place, you know, to catch the number of quantity of fish and the quality of fish. We got to this one spot and my brother-in-law opens the the side door and when he closes the side door, he doesn't fully retract his hand from the door closure. So when the door closes, it catches one or several of his fingers. Now my sister quickly runs out, opens the door to release her husband from being caught by the door frame. And it was in a vehicle. I don't know if you've ever slammed a car door on your hand. Uh, It's not the nicest of sensations. And it can potentially break your fingers or said hand but the first thing that came out of his mouth was thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and I even asked him I said why are you thanking Jesus he said well at least my hand ain't broken so Ephesians 520 give thanks for all I know that some of you are facing depression and you look how can I be thankful for depression Well, because depression isn't the end of it all. See, and I know I've said this a lot of times here on the podcast as well. The Bible declares while there's life, yet there is hope. In other words, if you're alive, you still have the ability to hope, even if you're facing depression. Why can I hope when I'm facing depression? Because you know that you're not in control. We come to the realization that Jesus Christ is in control. And if he is in control, then we have hope. Because if I was in control of my situation, and I know that I cannot get out of this situation, then I would have no hope. Because I know that I have limitations. But Jesus is all powerful. He has no limitations. Therefore, while I'm I'm alive, 
and facing depression and facing anxiety and facing stress and facing problems, whatever it is, I will give God thanks because he is in control. See, giving God thanks while you're in the valley, giving God the praise and the glory and the honor while you are facing tremendous opposition, saying thank you, Jesus, when the enemy rises up against you, when you say that, those are acts of faith. And the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So when you and I, we stand up and say, thank you, Jesus, no matter what I'm going through, those are your, that is your faith, excuse me, at work. That is you declaring, even though what I see right now is just horrible beyond repair. I know that by me saying thank you, Jesus, for this situation, <clears throat> I know that Jesus is already making provisions for me to get out of this situation. So that's why, church, that's why, body of Christ, we glorify the Lord in our oppression, in our problems, in our affliction. That's why we say thank you, Jesus, while I'm being pushed to the ground by the weight, by the pressure of all of this around me. I can still say thank you, Jesus, and I give him thanks, Ephesians 5.20, because I am doing it as an act of faith. Step out on faith today. Step out on faith in Jesus. Don't just step out on faith. Step out on faith on him who is substantial, on him who is foundation. Step out on faith on him who is concrete. Step out on faith in Jesus. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come, Lord, this morning. The Bible says, where there are two or three gathered in my name, you would be there, Lord. And right now it is myself, but I believe that the listeners are going to listen in and they're going to account for the two and they're also going to account for the third person. And I believe that you will meet us in the middle, Lord. I believe that you are the God of truth as you have said it. You're not the father of lies. That is Satan. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that even though we are facing opposition, affliction, stressful situations in our marriage, at our workplace, in our life, in my own personal life, we can say thank you, Jesus, and be grateful because we know as the word, as the word of God declares and as the song declares, because you live, I can face tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. We are grateful that you came and died on the cross. You came and bore our sins because we could not pay the bill. You came sin-free, yet you became sin incarnate for us. Thank you, Jesus. We are grateful 
for the sacrifice that you did. The Bible declared that you had the power to lay down your life and to pick it up again, but you chose to lay it down because John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you, Jesus. We are grateful. Ephesians 5, 20. God bless you all. Stay tuned. I'll try to load up these podcast mini sermons as many as I can, as soon as I can. Sometimes I don't put a schedule on it because how can you put a schedule on the Holy Spirit? But when the Lord puts a word in you to deliver, then I have to be obedient. So sometimes that can be every other day, every day. Sometimes it could be once a week. But we'll try to load up a sermon for you to listen to on your way to work coming back from work cleaning your house sitting on your back porch drinking your morning coffee we'll try to load up a sermon at least once a week remember we're still doorway to heaven church but the enemy got his foot in there and we lost that podcast so we started up a new one keep focusing in on the words of jesus christ he is the light that this world needs today God bless you, Pastor Jay, signing off and say with me, ready? One, two, three, amen.